Hello everybody and welcome to my review of Nightmare Alley. I am back home in the home studio and first of all, thanks for being patient because I've been on the road a lot. It's been award season, so I've been burying myself in movies that I haven't seen in order to vote for different critics awards. So I know that I've been a little lacking in number of videos and number of reviews lately, but we are going to be making up for that starting today because this is the first video in a series that I'm calling the 12 Reviews of Christmas. I will be releasing a video every Every single day from now until Christmas Day. In addition to charts, you're also going to be getting reviews of the movie that you're watching now, Nightmare Alley, as well as Don't Look Up, Spider-Man No Way Home, Encanto, The Matrix Resurrections, The King's Man, Licorice Pizza, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Hawkeye Season 1, By Popular Demand, Arcane, which I'm looking forward to watching, and then two catch-up videos with movies that I just haven't done reviews for this year, but I still wanted to say something about. A lot of them are awards contenders, and those include The Green Knight, Annette, Coda, The Power of the Dog, the French Dispatch, Spencer, Belfast, being the Ricardos. I may even throw one or two more in there. So we are going to be ending 2021 with a bang with a lot of reviews here on the channel in addition to charts and everything else that you love. We're also going to be topping everything off with two big things at the end of December, one of them being the best and worst of 2021 where I give my picks for my favorite and least favorite movies of the year. And then on New Year's Eve, I plan on releasing a video called The Year in Coco Melon where I string together all of the stuff that I did on charts this year about Coco Melon on Netflix. It was a really fun thing to do all year. So we have so much to go here in these last three weeks of 2021. I'm excited to get into all of them. Before we jump into Nightmare Alley, I do want to give thanks to today's sponsor, Raycon. Now is the time to knock out that gift list and avoid the last minute shopping scramble because right now my viewers will get 15% off site-wide with the code HOLIDAY at buyraycon.com slash Merle. You can find that address on the screen and stay tuned after the video for even even more information. Nightmare Alley is the 11th film from director Guillermo del Toro, who co-wrote the screenplay with Kim Morgan, which is based on William Lindsay Gresham's novel of the same name, which was first adapted to film in 1947, the year after the novel's publication. I'm a hustler. I've always been one, but I love you. Bradley Cooper stars as Stanton Carlyle, a drifter who finds work with a traveling carnival and meets a colorful cast of characters, including Willem Dafoe's Clem, the head of the carnival, mentalist Xena and her husband Pete, played by Tony Collette and David Strathairn, and Molly Cahill, played by Rooney Mara. Using skills they picked up at the carnival, Stanton and Molly begin their own traveling mentalism act, which brings them both into the orbit of Dr. Lilith Ritter, a psychologist with high society contacts. This in turn leads Stanton into an escalating series of meetings with the wealthy Ezra Grindle, played by Richard Jenkins, as he begins to blur the line between his stage persona and reality with potentially chilling consequences. And it really shouldn't come as any surprise that, like every Guillermo del Toro film, Nightmare Alley has a wickedly or perhaps a devilishly cruel center. Del Toro loves to make movies about characters who fall victim to inevitability. What I loved about this movie is that, unless you're familiar with the original story, which I was not, it's not really clear what inevitable actions are going to befall what character because you are really tracing so many of them throughout this story and they interact in so many different ways. I've been lucky to see this film twice. The first time it was like unwinding a mystery. The second time is like watching an accident in slow motion and both experiences were enjoyable if you can apply that word to a story that has as much darkness as this one does. 
Bradley Cooper, despite his multiple Oscar nominations, still surprises me with just how versatile he is. This is a great lead performance that might have the misfortune of coming in a year with a lot of strong male leading performances. I really hope that he's not lost in the shuffle this year because look no further for proof of what Bradley Cooper can do than his turn here in Nightmare Alley, which is a very nuanced, a very often quiet role, and the energy he brings to his appearance in Licorice Pizza, which shoots that film into the stratosphere for every second of his screen time. Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand, yeah, like sands, like the ocean, like beaches. Barbara Streisand? <sighs> no, but Streisand. Sand. Stanton is an enigma at first, but as his layers are peeled back, the motivations behind the actions he takes in this film are revealed. And those layers are peeled back by the women in Stanton's life. Tony Collette's Xena starts Stanton on his path, seducing him first into her bed and then into the world of mentalism. Her alcoholic husband Pete, in an always solid supporting performance by David Strathairn, is caught in his own trap, an unwitting accomplice to what comes next. Rooney Mara is the ingenue character of the film the innocent caught in the gears of fate, and because of that, her role feels a little bit slighter than the others in this film, largely because her character is at the mercy of the things that are happening around her. It's a good performance from Rooney Mara. She has been in several great movies and given many great performances. I think the slightness of her character isn't due to her as an actress. It is due to the fact that this is a role that is in the background of everything else that is happening with so many of the other characters. Rooney Mara doesn't get the chance to shine as brightly as a lot of her castmates, and part of that reason is that a lot of that shine is saved for Kate Blanchett, who plays Dr. Lilith Ritter, who sees Stanton as many things, a potential lover, an interesting clinical case, a challenging adversary, or perhaps a mixture of all of those things. Blanchett, like the best femmes fatale, is very, very good at being possibly very, very bad, or at the very least, very, very mysterious. My office is wired to record all analysis sessions. You got a smoother line, but you run a racket. Same as me. Is that what this is? Like the best film noir tales, the true natures of all these characters are not laid bare until the end of the story, and it is a story that kept me guessing until the very end. Familiar faces dot the rest of the film, including Del Toro regular Ron Perlman, and Willem Dafoe, who once again makes the most out of every second of his screen time. And I really would like to start a count of how many movies have Willem Dafoe in a supporting performance where he almost steals the entire film through just sheer talent and charisma because he is magnetic on screen. And this is also a great example of, as a writer and a director, Del Toro knowing how to modulate the performances of the people in the film because Defoe's character is very much larger than life. As I mentioned, Bradley Cooper's character very reserved, particularly in the earlier parts of the film, and they work well together. You understand this dynamic. It informs how the characters get to know each other, how they meet each other, and ultimately it pays off in the end of the movie. Every single character in this film has a part to play, even if you don't quite know what that part is at the beginning. And it's sort of unlocking these little mysteries either the first time or the second time that you see the movie that you really understand why each character is in each particular part of this film. Cinematographer Dan Lostson teams with Del Toro for the fourth time, including Del Toro's previous films, The Shape of Water and Crimson Peak. Dan Lostson lost the Oscar in 2018 to Roger Deakins. I mean, you know, that's tough competition. But I'm going to be rooting for him to win this year because Nightmare 
Nightmare Alley is an exquisitely shot film, at once adhering to Del Toro's visual aesthetic, yet also occupying a world of its own. Rich blues hide the shadows of night, and interiors are bathed in both moonlight and firelight. It's one of those films that consists of dozens of individual shots that could each be framed and hung as art. The film also has a beautiful score, and as I was listening to it the first time, I, I guess I just sort of assumed that it was another collaboration between Del Toro and Alexandre Desplat, who won the Academy Award for The Shape of Water. Uh, it is not, however. It is the composer Nathan Johnson who does the music for this film. And whether he was trying to evoke the work of Desplat or it's just beautiful music on its own terms, it is one of my favorite scores of the year, and again fits the tone of both the film and Del Toro exactly. Nightmare Alley slots into Guillermo Del Toro filmography like a puzzle piece. It just fits. And it's one of those movies that feels like it couldn't be made by any other filmmaker than Guillermo del Toro. And it really is an impressive feat to be able to have a consistent style without feeling like you're repeating yourself because a lot of my favorite modern directors like Quentin Tarantino and Wes Anderson have, in my opinion, been guilty of just that, feeling like they were trying to make one of their own movies. Guillermo del Toro's films never feel like that. They also evoke different things. And this is a film that is very, to me, heavily evocative of old Hollywood, but it also doesn't seem trapped in the past, nor does it unfold predictably. I was left guessing for much of the runtime just exactly what direction this story was going to take. Is it supernatural? Is it a crime story? Is it a love story? Is it in some way spiritual? At some point in the film, any or all of those directions seem plausible, and it wasn't until the last domino fell that it becomes clear exactly what this story is about. This is one of my favorite movies of the year, and it really is a reminder of the master filmmaker that Guillermo del Toro is. He is one of the best directors working today. Nightmare Alley opens this weekend against a little movie you may have heard called Spider-Man No Way Home. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not going to open number one at the box office, but I am going to highly recommend that you go see this film, especially if you are a fan of Del Toro's movies. And I think it's actually kind of fitting that the new Guillermo Del Toro film is opening up against the newest Spider-Man film, because I think for a lot of film nerds, film geeks, film enthusiasts, whatever you want to call us, a new Del Toro film is like a new MC. MCU film in that no matter what it's about or when it comes out, it is a must-see event on opening weekend. Or if they're not comfortable going to the theater, seek this out at their earliest possible opportunity because I believe this is one of 2021's best-made films. I think it's going to be in contention for a lot of awards up to and including the Academy Awards. But even if it was nominated for nothing, I think it is yet another stellar entry into Guillermo del Toro's filmography and a must-see. So those are my thoughts on Nightmare Alley. Before we wrap up, I do want to thank today's sponsor, Raycon. You know, we are less than two weeks away from Christmas, too close for comfort for a lot of people that may yet have crossed off all, or let's be honest, any of the names on your shopping list. And you're probably overwhelmed with gift-giving guides, what to give all the different people in your life. Well, there is one place that is a one-stop shop for everyone on your gift list because it's something that they'll use every day, and that is Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've seen me on the air, you may have noticed lately that I'm not attached to those white headphone cables that have been going from here to the computer, yanking stuff off the table that I've been using for years and years and years. It's because I haven't found a pair of wireless earbuds that I was able to use consistently or that I felt comfortable using consistently. Now I have Raycon wireless earbuds, and they're great for when I'm streaming or working offline. Raycons give you an amazing audio quality wherever you go, whether you're using them to pump up, 
wind down to work or to work out. They'll be useful for anyone on your list and even better for you, they start at half the price of other premium audio brands. With the latest Raycon models, you also get three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best. Pure mode, balanced mode, and bass mode for all of your different listening needs, including hip-hop, reggae, podcasts, rock, instrumentals, you name it. Raycons are also available in five stylish colors, so you can pick the perfect one for everyone on your list. And with free shipping and returns, gifting is easier than ever. The holidays are coming up faster than you think, and now is the time to knock out that gift list and avoid the last-minute shipping scramble, especially because right now, my viewers and listeners are going to get 15% off site-wide with the code HOLIDAY at buyraycon.com slash Merle. So go to buyraycon.com, that's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash Merle, M-U-R-R-E-L-L, and use the code HOLIDAY today to get 15% off your entire Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash Merle. And I want to thank Raycon for sponsoring today's show. And I'd like to thank you for watching. Be sure to come back tomorrow for Charts with Dan. We'll be looking at the opening weekend of West Side Story. And on Tuesday, I will have my review of Don't Look Up, the latest Adam McKay movie that will be premiering on Netflix. It's now playing in limited theaters. I have a lot to say about that film as well. Thanks so much for watching. Please stay safe out there, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.